Welcome to your last podcast, the last podcast in the game, but the first you should listen to. I'm your host, Colton Simpson. And with me this week, all the way down at the other side of the table, it's Mr. Listen himself, Josh Fay. What are you at? And to his right, my left, it's our resident audiophile, William Ham Clark. Uh. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, always in my corner, it's the amazing Grace Tatigen. Hello, hello. So what is your last podcast? We're a conversational podcast where every week each of us brings a topic of conversation to argue amongst ourselves and talk it out for your amusement. If you like that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed to make sure you never miss a new episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're feeling generous or have a couple of bucks to toss our way, you can always head on over to patreon.com slash yourlastpodcast to help support the show. And uh, with all that out of the way, and I'm a little bit out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) I'll toss it over to Ham. What's your topic? All right, all right. So my topic this week is I wanted to talk about show stories or concerts if you're a normie. (laughs) So I wanted to to throw this off to someone because I... I kind of have a, a little bit that, of a, the pause. Yeah. <laughs> right there, okay. So who are you tossing to? You're you're raising your eyebrows. Go ahead, Josh. Well, you you, you, right. you okay. caught it. So okay. So I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a normie. So this is concerts we're talking about, right? Like real singers, not just strange noise on the interwebs, right? Okay. So um, if we're going with what is the most memorable uh, show that I've ever seen. It would definitely have to be the Taylor Swift concert of all fucking things. Diehard fan over oh, here. Oh yeah, bleeding red, Swifty. just like when. Oh yeah, yeah, TV over here for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the um, the girl I was dating at the time in 2011, 2012, she was a huge, huge Taylor Swift fan, like just diehard, right? Okay. So, anyways, uh, of course, like all things. I got roped into going into this concert, right? So her parents actually bought her VIP tickets, which were a fortune, to go to Toronto and, you know, go to the Rogers Center. And it was like all day event down there, right? Are you mm-hmm. sure you were roped into it? And you didn't, you didn't want <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, you're right. I'm it. full of shit. I bought the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the tickets. No, fuck that. But anyways, uh, so we get out to Toronto, right? So this is like July. And uh, we make our way down to the Rogers Center. And I sort of had it in my head that, you know, okay, well, it's a concert. It's not something I'm overly excited to go to. Like, I'd much prefer to see, I don't know, anything anything other than a nice Megadeth concert would have been great. But, <laughs> nope, had to settle for T- Taylor Swift. So, very good. So, we go down to the Rogers Center, and I'm thinking, okay, this will be three, four hours of my life tops. Not the end of the world, right? Little did I know that the VIP tickets includes a full day <laughs> host of, like, me... And the misses and all the twelve-year-olds in the Greater <laughs> Toronto area that wanted to go see Taylor Swift in concert. So, so you're in heaven. Oh yeah, just a hundred percent. I'm just sitting there in my fucking glee, right? Like, get me back to the island. But anyway, <laughs> so we're standing outside the Rogers Center, getting checked in as we're going in, and I'm looking around. I'm scoping it all out, right? And I'm seeing the average age is like 11, 12, 13. Here we are at the time, you know, nineteen. I'm going for fuck's sakes, what lies in store for me, right? And we gets in, and there they are. They got the tables out with the loot bags and the lucky plates and, you know, all these, like, little giveaway items for all these youngsters. And here I am, sat down next to the chicken wing buffet, <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to stay out of trouble and just sort of be as inconspicuous as possible. And the missus is there going nuts because she looked young anyways oh, at yeah. the time. She, she looked like she'd fit in 13, Yeah, it, so she was in, like, a dirty Christ. shirt, and there I was over there on the side, you know, the ugly youngster, <laughs> nobody talking to me, and I was fine. 
So that was all fine to go. But the weird thing about it was, as fucked as that part of it was, the show was really good. Like that Roger Center, that's something else. I mean, I think the max capacity for that is 80,000 people. It's Jeez. enormous. And there was something like 55,000 in her. I mean, she was stogged full. I mean, more than all the Labrador was in that <laughs> watching this fucking show, right? So I'm sitting there watching the show, and it was really good. Like the lighting, the effects, and Taylor was up there balling. Whether she was actually singing or not, I don't know. But they had some really, really good effects. Some really cool, like what do you want to call it, choreographed dances and stuff like that. It was, it was a good show, I got to say. You know, I was probably the oldest one in the Rogers Center, but it was still a good show. Maybe other than the parents there accompanying the VIP, their 11-year-olds. Maybe, yeah. Even the parents managed to sneak their way out behind the back towards where the bar was to, but I was trapped with these $300 seats right up front with the rest of the youngsters. Oh, God. Yeah, so That's I was great. stuck, but I'll never forget it. It certainly wasn't as, like eventful for me is like i saw john fogarty play twice here in st john's and then once out in magnetic hill but yeah like those concerts i enjoyed but in terms of being memorable i'll never fucking forget it i can tell you that much hmm. so that's my uh interesting show story what about yourself grace what do you got mine's another huge concert venue story i mean some of the best shows i've ever seen have been in teeny tiny venues but um the one that was probably most memorable is back in i think it was 2009 when blink 182 did their reunion tour Mm -hmm. um i i didn't grow up being a huge blink 182 fan i liked them just as much as the next person but i wasn't a diehard fan but i was friends with a bunch of guys who were diehard fans and so they all insisted on getting tickets and so i i went along i figured this will be a good time i just have to ask a question yes did they all have checkered vans please tell me they did probably <laughs> i bet they did i'm i'm guessing i don't remember and you only grew out of those a year or two ago you can't make fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making fun of it i'm gonna just, age myself here now but i thought we were talking about vehicles for a second <laughs> i thought so too i thought so too i was like i didn't shoes. see them drive there i think i took the bus but anyways um and so the band that was opening for them was Fallout Boy, and this was at the absolute low of Fallout Boy's oh, popularity. Like they sin. they were like emo kings, and then they were the lamest people in the music scene, and then they regained a little bit of popularity later. But this was at the the low of mm. the low, um, and so no one was paying attention to the opening show. Um, and then the lights went down, and Blink was coming on, and so we were on the floor. And I'd say we were probably, I'm going to guess, 50 feet from the front of the stage. And then everybody rushed the stage Mm -hmm. and it was a stampede. And luckily I was standing next to my buddy, Kevin, and he grabbed me and his girlfriend by the scruff of the neck and just hauled us up. And luckily he did. Otherwise, I would have been absolutely trampled. And we went from like 50 feet to something like probably 20 feet to the front of the stage. We were absolutely jammed in there. And it was an amazing concert. Like, talk about showmanship. And everybody was singing at the top of their lungs. It was an amazing time. But you almost died. Uh, But I almost died. (laughs) But I mean, it's worth it when they pick up the drum kit and they're like swinging it around Oh yeah, it does the same thing at George Street Fest when Shandy Ganock gets up on stage. (laughs) Same thing. But it was uh, certainly memorable. Like, my life flashed before my eyes at that concert. Mm. So, yeah, how about you Colton? yeah it, mine's pretty similar to grace's in terms of just like a and josh's i guess as well just like a big venue but my most memorable concert experience has to be when my brother and i went to warp tour not when we went back in 2010 or 11 11 i think it was my brother and i we just up and left uh, i was visiting him in truro at the time and we just drove across 
you know, all the way to Toronto. And after a quick stint in Montreal, we stayed at like the worst hotel at the time. I think it was like the Howard Johnson Inn. It was just constantly moist in the hotel room. There was no air conditioning. Yeah, stains everywhere, (laughs) like on the carpet. It's just disgusting spot. But we were only there for a couple of days and just to check out Toronto. But we went to Warp Tour and the day that we woke up, it was just piss pouring rain, like terrible storms, just like torrential downpour. And of course, being tourists there at the time, we didn't have like a, an umbrella or anything really to stay, stay out of the rain. That's a good day for a show. Well, good I day. mean, it winded up being a good day for a show. But like when I just had like my jorts on and my band tee, I mean, <laughs> it's not the great to last like 12, 14 hours in the piss pouring rain. So I went to the front desk and I asked for an umbrella. And they actually had one. And I was thinking, you know, small little umbrella, something like maybe the size of what we got on here for the lighting or what normal people use. But what they gave me was like a camping umbrella. It was like you could fit four or five, six people under this thing. Like it was absolutely massive. You look like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah you know, if a good gust say. came along, I'd be up in the sky just like her. I'll sit in Irish chimney. Yeah. yeah, gone. But anyways, when we went to the show, it was like we got there early and it was just once again, just raining. We kind of pushed up our ways up to the front because I'm a bigger dude and I had an umbrella, just, you know, <laughs> pushing people out of the way to get up there to get in the mosh pit. And my brother was his first show, so he kind of kept out of it a little bit. But I was in there and while I was watching this band, I think it was Silverstein. It wasn't like a great band or anything. They pointed me in the mosh pit because I had an umbrella in my hands and they like, you know, said like, rock on, man, umbrella, man. <laughs> and what they pointed at me and like everybody for the rest of the day just referred to me as umbrella man and i'm in the middle of the mosh pit like throwing (laughs) raindrops up on everybody and pushing everybody but yeah it was a it was a pretty fun show and then after after that like just being called umbrella man my brother i remember we were waiting for a band of his to come on and just very much like grace's story where she got pushed against the stage i remember being next to my brother and as soon as this band started playing he's just gone like instantly like brandon's just shot up out out of my eyes view i can't see where he's gone and my brother he's like my height, but like probably like half my weight. So I was just like, man, where the hell did Brandon go? Like, sucked out like a riptoid like, at the beach. Yeah, he got like crushed, brought all the way up to the front. And that band performance, they actually had to like stop the show, you know, tell everyone to calm down because people were getting trampled and everything. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Brandon's dead. You know? <laughs> probably never see him again after this. Like he's gone. But I mean, it was a, it was a pretty fun show. I mean, we saw 13, 14 bands over the course of one day. So it's a good time. Yeah. What about you, Ham? All right, so my story is a little different than your guys because um, it's not a huge concert. I um, my it was most not m- Taylor Swift. It was not Taylor Swift, <laughs> unfortunately. I I mean, I wouldn't mind looking at her for like an hour or two, but <laughs> not all day though. I can fucking tell you that. <laughs> and I mean, there's Google Images if you want to do that. You that's know? true. That's true. We got Google for that. Um, but no, my my favorite, her most memorable show, I should say that I got to partake in was a little punk show in a hockey locker room. That show is by far the most intense thing I've ever been at. It was like probably like a hundred people maybe stuffed into a a locker locker room room? and like pouring out. (laughs) We were jam packed. All the bands set up on the floor. There was no PA besides like a, like a vocal wedge and you can literally see the sweat from everyone condensing on the walls just like the school bus in winter time (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's a wonderful visual thanks for that and like now speaking about like i don't know like warp tour violence like imagine that like packed into like 
the like the size of like this room essentially. Mm. So like we're in like a dining. <laughs> why in the room. hell did they choose that for a venue? Why was it free? Is that why? No, it wasn't free, but it was, it was punk as fuck. Like <laughs> excellent answer, Ham. Nice and informative. So, yeah, yeah, very Canadian. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely very Canadian. What um, was the lineup like? Who was playing? Over the top. Um, I was a Skywalker. Wreckage, and this one I might be just like making up, but I think it was clocked in. I'm not sure if they were still there, but like they're just all like hardcore bands, basically from like the local scene here. Local in Saint scene, or? so like. A lot of breakdowns, a lot of dudes yelling, a lot of buys with like patches, you know, mm-hmm. sewn as clothing. Yeah, no, they, okay. it, they, it wasn't just like sewn into their jackets. It was like their whole jacket was like patches. That was it. Okay. So yeah, that was that was definitely my like most intense moment. I moshed a lot. I was sore. There was a part where I tried to um sing along but the singer from one of the bands like scared the living shit out of me because he grabbed me like he like came out and like pushed through the crowd to like like you know find you yeah, yeah like you know the little, like mic shout out thing but like i was like right up there so like i just sort of like yelled no lyrics, no nothing. No, just, no, no. Sounds lyrics, like your no kind of music, yes. Yeah. Just balling, just balling, my son. That was it. And no, I walked out of there. I couldn't hear right for like two days. My voice hurt for like a week, and it was great. It was well, it was one of the best things I great. Well, ever it's, did. It's not a good heavy show if you can't like hear anything, and you know you feel like you're in a car accident. Listen, listen, listen. If you haven't got a bit of tinnitus coming out of oh, there, yeah. it wasn't a very good show, was it? I mean, most shows oh, yeah. I went to, I'd leave just covered in bruises from like, getting beat up in the pits. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good, good show. That, good show. That was definitely a good show. That was definitely a good show. Anyway, I think I think that about wraps it up for my topics. Okay. So. Very good. Who, all right. Who well, wants to carry this on? All right. I'll hijack her here now. So I'll jump in with mine. So my topic was if there were to be a Newfoundland Mount Rushmore, who would we carve into the stone? So, of course, Mount Rushmore, I believe, is in South Dakota, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So who have you got on there? You got George Washington and the boys, right? You got George. You got, and the boys. You got Teddy and you got Abe and you got, I'm missing one. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Everyone fucking forgets about him anyways. But Good old Tommy. Yeah. So you got, take the four of them off of there. Transplant Mount Rushmore from South Dakota to Single Hill or to Goulds or out by Lester's Farm or somewhere like that. Who are we going to put on there? So let's each throw in a candidate. So my candidate is good old Danny boy, Danny Williams. The most memorable premier we That's ever had. That's a good choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. So, like, for me, Danny got to be up there chiseled into the stone because every youngster that grew up when we did will remember a couple of things about Danny. They'll remember the day we all got off when Brad Gushu and the boys went so over good. curling. Not a fucking one of us give a shit about curling, <laughs> but we had the day off anyways. Yeah. Yep. Got the day off. I think it was 2006 or seven or something like that. Something like that. I remember rushing home to not watch curling. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll all remember when, uh, when Danny got on Larry King tonight and debated Paul McCartney and his Mrs. Heather. I think she had one leg on her. But one she leg. Yes, yeah, she, uh, she had one leg. And she, <laughs> was it a nice leg? <laughs> took away from her argument, too, eh, Bob? But, but she was there, and she was, they were criticizing shitting all over the seal hunt, right? Mm. And they were going around, and they made some sort of offer that was like, 
you know, we'll pay you guys X amount of money if you just stop killing the furry baby seals and blah, blah, blah. And basically, Danny got online and hooked up with Larry King and was like, listen, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. Go back to England and stay quiet, basically. <laughs> Destroy it. I'm on air. It was excellent, right? Eviscerated. I got to search that up. Oh, it was, it was excellent. Yep. So that was in like, I want to say 2008 was a little bit later. Okay. And then, of course, we weren't quite old enough to really care about this, but... Of course, Danny the Pitbull got into a big old racket with Stephen Harper at the time over, I think it was the Atlantic Accord, actually. And uh, yeah, got into a big old racket. And when the federal election came up, he said, I don't care what you go out and you vote. I want you to follow the ABC campaign. Vote anything but conservative, even though I'm conservative. <laughs> Let's get him to fuck out of there. Right? <laughs> so I thought it was great. I just love someone that's a little bit anti-establishment in a way. I mean, he took all the Canadian flags off the provincial buildings around here, fire mile in the garbage, put up, put up Newfoundland. Oh yeah. So like that for me is like, man, people must have loved him. Oh, well he is the most popular premier. Like the only one I looked this up the other day, the only one that came even close was Joey in the beginning Mm. when he was the first one. And then he like went to nothing. Well, I mean, he, we're not even going to get into that because that's an hour in itself. But yeah, Joey was, went from like the highest ranking one to like the lowest ranking premier. Whereas Danny, Solid like eight out of ten the whole way through. <laughs> oh yeah. So for me, Danny got to be up there. So what else are we thinking? I'll throw it to Ham over here now. Well, you stole my my answer. So well, he's he's going to be everyone's answer. I fucking knew that coming yeah. in. We can't put two of his faces up there. Though, two so. Dannys saw it looking towards each other like this. Nose is almost so, touching. So I got to back up. All right, and <clears throat> it's going to be Donnie Dumphy. Perfect. Because deadly. Same thing. He's one. He's perfect. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> Backwards hat, you know. Oh, yes. He can pull a fucking deadly catwalk. Yeah, on a 50cc Honda, yes. That's, that's, that's perfect there. That's going to get all the votes in Mount Pearl, I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't who, know. who's Donnie Dumphy for the non-Newfoundlander in the audience? <laughs> yeah, Grace is a little out of the loop here. <sighs> he's, he's everything great about skeet culture essentially <laughs> okay good <laughs> my got, people essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> long, long hair looks like he's from like the 80s almost oh, yes jean jacket on and all that right jean jacket what's his missus name brenda 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 brenny donnie what do you want <laughs> oh yes he, he takes her around on his bike his little honda 50 cc and no, he's 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 what what he is is essentially he's a he's a rapper. Oh, okay. he's a Newfoundland rapper. See, I still, at this point, I still didn't know if this and was like a neighbor. Of he's yours. a dirt bike racer too. He competed in the dirt bike extravaganza of 2014. Very oh. important. I don't know how he placed, but he still deserves to be on single hill. <laughs> I, I I say he did good. I yes. say he did. but he's he's a champion of the people, and I think he deserves to be up there. Excellent choice. I, I, yeah, that's a tick in the box right <laughs> two there. Two for two, so two far. Two for two. Oh, All right. Man. Oh man! Like when I was thinking about who to throw up there, I was so conflicted. Like you know, I, I was like, oh, I could probably throw up like a Joey Smallwood, but I don't really want to get into whole. Churchill didn't want calls. any more bruises, did yeah, you? I didn't want any more bruises. <laughs> didn't want to start a fight. And I was thinking, oh, maybe like Shauna Diddy for like the historical pick. But when I truly thought of a Newfoundlander, and you know, this has come from Labradorian. I'm not from here, but when I picture a Newfoundlander, I picture someone who's short. Someone who is very, you know, larger than life type of character. And I picture George Street. So what do you do down on George Street? You drink a bunch and you get in the fights. <laughs> so when I had to pick a guy, I, I picked uh, Edward White. 
which I'm sure uh, no one is too familiar with here. But uh, Edward White, when he was in his youth, he used to get into scraps all the time, like so much so that I think his parents like sent him away to like Montreal or something. But he was always getting into fights. <laughs> punishment. Yeah. And around the world, he became known as Big John Strongbow, Sailor White, Knuckles McKnight, The Wharf Rat, The Canadian Hitman. But most popularly in the WWF, I think at the time, as oh. the Moondog King. So <laughs> he's not even me. I have no clue, <laughs> but he's the Moondog King. And don't question it. He went on to win like the WWF uh, Tag Team Championship with another guy. I think his name was like Moondog Bo or something. <laughs> I don't know. They were like the Moondog Brothers. And he only had really one shot in the limelight. Right after that, uh, he was like stuck at the border, something to do with drug trafficking, which he said was, you know, just like an inside job to get him out of the WWF. Yeah, conspiracy (laughs) Conspiracy theory. Um, And after that, he kind of faded from relevancy until like uh, later on. Until now. (laughs) Until now. But in all reality, until the 90s, when he became a little bit of a political figure, he ran for the Green Party in Bonavista. I think he got 300 votes. That's all I was down there by. That's 100%. To, to, you know, to the liberal... uh, uh, person's uh, 15,000. So, you know, he's a bit of an underdog. <laughs> and uh, just all of his life, he was just a sailor. He worked on ships. He uh, built them for the Great Lakes. He was renowned around the entire world and within Canada, some wrestling in South Africa. And he went out the way, like, I don't know if all Newfoundlanders go out this way. <laughs> Hopefully not. But I think around here, they have a very strong love for the cab companies. And he went out as a taxi driver getting in a cab accident, you know? So, well, fuck so Jiffy I mean, cabs, Jiffy cabs. And <laughs> so, so obviously he's not like this great historical figure, but if you look at his face, which I'm sure I'll throw up here at some point during this little conversation, it's a beautiful face and it deserves to be up there. It's the face of a champion. Is it, it is a true champion. Very good. Okay. So we'll throw Eddie white up there with some other very important Newfoundlanders. <laughs> All right, Grace, what do you got? Okay, well, I've, I decided to stay away from political figures where I'm not very familiar with the political history of Newfoundland and Labrador. That's not something you get in the Quebec curriculum. They teach you that Shop. Labrador is part be, of Quebec, yeah, so there you go. Fair, we, oh, yeah. we don't but, care either. So. <laughs> so I wasn't too familiar, so I decided to think, who is a good ambassador of Newfoundland to the world? You know, who are we going to look at and go, yeah, that's a that's a prime example, kind of the same mentality that you had, Colton, for for picking the, you know, the perfect person to put up on Signal Hill. So it came to me that probably the best face to have up there would be the face of a Newfoundland dog. (laughs) What? So I'm thinking, Johnson That's Insurance. Not a person. They've got they've got a mascot. I think his name is Salty or something like that. So let's throw oh Salty up blessed there. Oh my Jesus! Think who could be upset about seeing that beautiful face up there? Up there with the historical figure. Imagine if the bald eagle was tacked on next to George Washington <laughs> instead of Jefferson. You yeah. know what? I'm sure a lot of Americans wouldn't complain too much about no, that. Probably, probably wouldn't. Right. You're right yeah. there. Just rip them straight off the India box. <laughs> straight off that so i just think great ambassador to the world i was thinking about putting a labrador face up there i'm partial to labradors i grew up with labradors um they used to be called saint john's dogs so i Mm -hmm. thought that would be a good candidate but if we're talking you your question was newfoundland mount rushmore so i had to go with a newfoundland dog do we have a southwester on and a pair of rubber boots that's my question why not absolutely i don't know how you get the rubber boots on just ahead (laughs) but i mean we can we can make it there's a fortune to be made in that by what best 
transparent up there. You can sell these little booties that you put on these dogs. It's That's true. Disgusting. <laughs> They're expensive it's too. Capitalism at its finest. Uh, but I think he means up on the carving. How are we going to manage? Carving of a head. I don't know where the rubber boots fit on a face. Oh, we'll we'll make saying. it work. Hang it off the ears. <laughs> Eddie will have a pair in each hand. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. He probably got some on anyways. All right. Yeah. So we got Danny, Donnie, Eddie, and yeah. Salty. Salty. Yeah. <laughs> Good solid names. Okay, so and, and before you move on, I just I I did think about throwing Labrador people up there as well. You know, like I did think about like throwing up a John Shywalk or something, but it was just obviously if it's the Newfoundland Mount Rushmore, I even though I know we're in 2019, I just figured most Newfoundlanders want to see Newfoundland faces on there or a dock. I guess. Yeah, they <laughs> don't they don't give a fuck. I, about I just us. figured you know I'll go. Well, with if we want to do Labradorians, I would be in favor of putting up. One of the boys that I used to work with in Labrador, whose name was Bob Shywalk, and the sole purpose I'd want to put him up there is because he looks like a Joseph Stalin clone. And I think <laughs> we used to call him Bob Stalin back in Goose Bay because, honest to God, he looks just like Joseph. He's a great feller, by the way. But it'd be so confusing for <laughs> all the like, for the international ships coming in St. John's Harbor to go up and look see. All right, Newfoundland dog, some politician. And fucking Stalin. <laughs> What's he doing here? Even more confusing when they go to order a pizza and you got Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Absolutely. 738 888. Excellent. Okay, so that wraps up my topic. So I guess that who's going next? Who are we tossing it to? Grace can go next. Yeah, save All me right. for last. All right. So um, I decided to go with a more introspective topic this week. Um, a lot of our topics are oftentimes silly like this last one um but i wanted to do something a little bit more thoughtful um i wanted everybody to think of what is their best quality and also their worst quality i figured if i chose one or the other it might be a little bit too short but i just figured we'd go around and we'd share what we thought our best and worst qualities were josh i want to start with you because i'm of really you curious do. of course you <laughs> i'm do. curious what you think your you worst quality broke is eye contact with me the whole time <laughs> you were saying it all right what do you want first you want to go to bad or the ugly it's up to you (laughs) is there any ugly josh no there's no ugly in fact that leads into my you know worst quality which is i'm just too fucking handsome for my own good (laughs) right it's true you know we just can't get away with that we all have that issue i know it just causes so much strife for me right but no if i want to start with i'll start good why not it's always good to start always the optimist yeah 100 (laughs) right i'm a glass half full kind of guy so um i would say my greatest strength is just simply that I've been told I have the gift of the gab. So I'm generally... No, no. no I don't fucking no. talk at all, Shocked. do I? Strong, you, silent type, I'd say. I know. I haven't got, haven't got nothing to say. But uh, no, I can generally carry on a conversation with anyone. In fact, my father used to tell me, Josh is the only one I know who could talk to a stump and get a stump to talk back, even if it's just to say, shut up. <laughs> right? So um, I think that that's a good quality to have. I, I'm constantly bumping into people i mean you know i can't go through tim morton's lineup with how are you doing day love oh best going oh very good blah 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 where are you from next thing i know she's from Belorum, and i'm telling her my life story that i'm from goose bay and blah 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 right so meanwhile uh, you have me there standing behind you silent as oh yeah so shaking friendly. your head shaking my head agitated beyond belief oh yeah yeah he's real friendly he is we got lots of friends outside this table but anyways so yeah i think that that's by and large a better quality to have in terms of it does more good than it does harm. Sure, sometimes you might have a tendency to ramble on a little bit. I'm sure that Missy behind the counter at Tim Hortons wants to be like, take your fucking muffin and go on. Sometimes, <laughs> right? Sometimes for sure. But uh, in terms of like social settings and the work environment, 
it's been very, very useful. I've made friends at every single, like lifelong friends that I have kept in close contact with at every single job that I've ever had. I mean, I have a group chat from a job that I had seven years ago now almost, and there's still (laughs) stuff that goes into it every day, which is unbelievable, right? That's really nice, yeah. Well, the thing is, is, you know, as long as you're sort of friendly and not too like spilling your guts on there, telling people stuff they don't want to hear, I think by and large, it's good. Now, conversely, because I'm a bit of a talker, I have a bit of a tendency to put my foot in my mouth. Nah. Or both. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I would, I have a little saying that I've put my foot in my mouth that many times. I'm lucky I got any fucking teeth left, (laughs) actually. And, you know, a lot of that just comes from talking too much. Sometimes you have to know your audience that you're talking to. And sort of when I start going into the story mode, right? And it gets the arms going and I start to listen. Exactly. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to fucking tell you something, right? So, yeah, when I start telling stories, sometimes I might use a certain word or a a certain saying or something that's a little bit edgy, (laughs) I guess is the best way to put it. And the worst case uh, or the worst thing with that is a lot of the time, the way people are, you might offend someone and most people don't have the, I don't know, the gall or the intentions to tell you that, listen, you just fucking said something that I don't like and I'm going to tell you I don't like it right now. Most of the time they'll just grin and bear it and walk away and talk shit about you behind your back. And sometimes Unless that can come you're back. with us, then we just talk shit to you in your yeah, face. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. I would always, I would always prefer that, like, chirp me, I'll chirp you, it'll be best kind, we'll mutually rag on each other, it's mm-hmm. great, right? But... Yeah, by and large, that would be definitely something that for future (laughs) encounters, I would like to think I'm going to try to work on in terms of just getting to know my audience a little bit better, who I'm talking to before I start fucking spouting off, right? So yeah, that would definitely be my worst quality. Back at you there, lover. What do you got? All right. Well, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of bad qualities to pick from. So I was uh, I was trying to decide what is probably the... <laughs> Delayed reaction on Ham's part. <laughs> probably, you know, what is, I guess, least productive in terms of uh, my own sake and others' sake. Um, and it's the fact that I'm a pretty controlling and neurotic person. I like things to be the way that I like them. And I can get pretty agitated when things don't go the way that I plan. Now, I think for the most part, I do a really good job of shoving that deep down inside, bottling it up like this is the healthy thing to do. Um, Festering, yes. Yeah, festering. But it's definitely there. and It's definitely something that I struggle with all the time. And some days I'm not so good about stuffing it down deep inside. I mean, you think of these sitcoms characters like... Monica from Friends and who are these super it has to be my way you know the coffee mugs are numbered in the cupboards stuff like that and I totally identify with it I totally get it and I just know that I could never be that person to the full extent otherwise no one would ever (laughs) spend any time with me because it's just so horrible so that's definitely detrimental to my own sanity and to other people's. So that's definitely, I think, my worst quality. I've certainly got other ones that are bad. I'm sure, Colton, you expected me to say the fact that I'm a workaholic. workaholic. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely up there. Mm. But I think that there are more pros to that than there are pros to my neuroses mm. in general. Um, but my good quality, what I think 
does make people want to spend time with me and not just run for the hills is the fact that I genuinely enjoy helping people. Mm. And I, the kind of person who probably you never need to ask for my help because I'll usually offer it before you even think to ask. Like if you're moving, I'll say, okay, well, what day are we packing things up? Let me know when I can come over. I can lift boxes or, you know, oh, you need someone to read that over for you before you submit it. Sure. No problem. I'm, I'm usually pretty quick to offer help. Well, I remember when we first met, I had to tell you to stop doing the dishes when you come over to my house. So like, I invited you over to hang out, not to clean up my house. You used to drive me nuts. I but had see, to that, finally... that's a little bit of both. Right? Apparently, oh. apparently he don't know when to shut up either. I let a good thing happen. No, I, I, I had to tell you, you got to stop doing it. But and I'm like, how are there dirty dishes here? This is not acceptable. I've got to clean them. So it's, you know, it's a both of my of both, qualities yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there we go. Ham, you go next. I, all right. Yeah. All right. So it's going to get a bit, a bit, a bit emo here. You're talking about, oh, you know, so is mine, do I need to put my hood up too? Or okay. for this one? Yeah, we all got to put our hoods up okay. and black our eyes. I'll play some sad music again from last week. <laughs> okay. The tiny fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll get my like worst qualities out first. I love how I'm the only one that led with a good quality and everyone <laughs> jumps straight to the bad. Well, I mean, it's, it's easier to get into that than, you know. The good. You, you end on a light note. End yeah, on a light yeah. note. As long as you recover from the spiraling depression. But anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Well, we've yet to I see. Know, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to recover, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go. Uh, <laughs> um, so my, my worst quality by far is the fact that like I'm a horrible defeatist when it comes to everything. Like when it comes to like things going right for me, I'm like, I'm just waiting for it to go wrong. Like it's it's always it's always in the back of my mind and that weighs on like my confidence and like my decisions about things like it makes making decisions like impossible for me. So like that's that's a really big thing for me. But um no, uh <laughs> getting away from that <laughs> <laughs> great great transition so saying, yeah. stepping nice, out of nice the depression clean transition <laughs> so you know put a bit of light you know put a bit of whipped cream on top here on um, a shit pie but anyway go ahead <laughs> i i think um in terms of like good qualities like i think i'm generally like genuinely like a caring person in general and with that i think i'm pretty loyal like i've had like the same friend group forever for the most part and like i'll always make time to like hear people out i like for the most part even if i'm just sitting there and, and like silently nodding my head which is most <laughs> of my over, conversations over there. Yeah, i don't feel targeted at all <laughs> i don't feel targeted at all no but being a good listener that's an important quality to have yeah, absolutely I'm a good listener i'm not necessarily good at responding well in a timely fashion <laughs> but that's that's it i'm working on it yeah all right, go so, ahead, Skipper. What do you got? Well, in terms of mine, it's it's kind of a hard thing to get into just because I guess my most positive quality is also what I would say is like my worst quality, kind of like a, a Greek hero, a tragic hero, not saying I'm as great as any of them, but it's just I am a I am an overthinker. I'm like a detailed person. I'm somebody that usually I pick up things pretty fast, like in terms of the editing or in terms of writing. Yes. It's it's things I throw myself fully into and I try and learn every 
possible way to improve and better myself and make sure I get to that point of perfection, which, of course, is a dirty word. It's impossible, Mm -hmm. but I'm always trying to get there. So, of course, that's going to drive you crazy a little bit. But in terms of my negative quality is the exact same thing. I am an overthinker. I'm the type of person that when I do complete something, I'm not relishing in the accomplishment. I'm not taking the time to celebrate. I'm already thinking about, okay, well, when's the next time we're going to have, you know, things go wrong with the podcast? When's the next time I'm going to really struggle in the editing process? When's the next time I'm just going to have trouble getting to sleep because I can't quiet my mind? Like, it's something that it's like always preying on me and plaguing me. And it's something that is just, I don't really know how to deal with because like I said, it's probably one of my best qualities just that I am such an overthinker, but you don't really need to be delving into Facebook posts for two years oh, back yes. you know oh, and josh yes. knows exactly what i'm talking about there but it's but just... you know it, it just to counter that a little bit like you said and i think this sort of feeds into mm-hmm. your theory that that's a good and bad quality it's an excellent skill to have when you need to get something done mm-hmm. but it's a dangerous skill to have because once you employ when you don't it, have anything to do well well that but mm-hmm. once you employ it once and it works for you it triggers justification in your head for every single time you have a little shadow of a doubt sneak in. You're like, oh, well, my suspicion will be confirmed if I look hard enough. Right? It's positive reinforcement, right? Like as soon as you get a feeling that something's off or you see something that's slightly off, you will keep going and you will keep pushing until it's confirmed or you were proven wrong. But you'll make sure to push that away and you'll never remember that mm-hmm. because you're 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 trying to force your ideology, what you believe. Right. You're trying to make sure it happens. So. One of the what I was kind of hinting at with Josh there just back. I was like 15 or 16 at the time. It's not something I would do now, I hope. But I was, I was with a girl at the time and I saw like as I was leaving her house, she was texting somebody else kind of not really paying attention to me leaving. And I saw the last four digits of the number. And I remember once again, remember I was 16. I remember driving home and on the drive home, the 15 minutes or whatever I took home to get home, it was eating me alive. I was trying. I was racking my brain for this number. Who is this person? Just. I, I like felt like I recognized some of the numbers or I had a feeling I was like, this is somebody like I know or somebody I, you know, she shouldn't be talking to, in my opinion, or something. So I remember getting back home on Facebook. This was like two o'clock in the morning. And I went to a couple of different walls and I just scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled. And I remember I went back so far on this one guy's wall that eventually I knew that he was the type of person that he might put up something like i'm lonely text the seller got a new phone like hit me up here yeah, that was the thing to do back then was the ttc yeah right? ttc mm, so I, I, I scrolled back like two Is years that what that meant i never yeah. knew what well, that doesn't meant mean toronto transit commission well that's what <laughs> yeah. i thought that's what i always thought okay now i know learn something new every day yeah but i scrolled back far enough that i did match the number up with the number i saw and then of course by this point it's four o'clock four thirty in the morning and all my suspicions are confirmed she's texting another guy while i'm there you know Head's going crazy. So then you got to call them and you get into a big racket at four o'clock in the morning. He's like, all right, you were right, I guess. But was it worth it? You know, the, the answer to that is probably not. No. Was there anything no, sinister not. going on? In this case, there was. Oh, but, darn it. I know. was going to say, see, nothing but, you, but, but do you see the danger is, is yes. here because there was sinister shit going on. Now, every time that you get the gut feeling, oh, there's something sinister afoot. And that's right? the thing. It, it's the type of thing where it is confirmation bias that you're every time it is proven right when you get that feeling. It just strengthens it. And I know there's lots of times when I'm wrong. It's just, of course, when I yeah, I got to think of a time where I was confirmed. I can go back to a time when I was 15. You know, it's been sticking there that long. Right. So it's. It's something that's just disastrous. Obviously, it's something I'm working on, but it's also something I can't stifle too much because... No, and listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's been times where I've said, 
I need to know something about this. And it might not even be something personal for me, but it's just, what is going on here? I might see something online and say, what in the hell is going on there? There got to be more to it than that. Right I go nosy, right to right? Mr. Right? Nosy. Yeah. Well, got to get, yeah. get the gossip. Eh, boy? So I go right to Mr. FBI over here and I say, okay, here's the name. Here's the organization or whatever. <laughs> Search it up and let me know what you find. My son, 20, 30 minutes of Googling. You'll have an answer. Is there, is there, I'm just curious, is there a reason you decide to overthink and then do all of this research and get in your own head as opposed to just opening the lines of communication? I think it's an ambush tactic. And I'm going to jump in and defend them because I do the same sort of thing. I want to almost have an answer for when I get the answer that. I expect would be the worst case scenario. And I would say with Josh, just like a lot of times, just if you are an overthinker, you're already playing the conversations yes. in your head anyways. Why are you going to start a conversation with your girlfriend at like 2.30 in the morning when you know this person in particular is just going to lie? And then what? You're stuck at an impasse. You need proof. You need... Which is, is just... You're ready to hear it's, the bad news at that point. You want to know the bad news. Well, as an overthinker, you're always ready for yeah. the bad news, right? Like I said, you're not relishing the, the good times. You're more so focusing on the bad, which is why... I call myself a realist, but really it's just a shitty excuse for a pessimist, you know, so I... I'm just thinking back to yesterday after we finished hanging out and you yeah. texted me and you're like, are you okay? You seemed a little bit off at the yeah. end of it. And I said, she said, oh, were you upset? Were you this? And I said, no, my cold meds wore off and I was just exhausted. Mm. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, see how fast and easy that was? To yes, just... but really a better time to do it would have been when I was driving you home. But then again, you know, Josh was in the car. So it's kind of like, ah, I don't want to pick a fight or if something's wrong or something's really wrong. You know, you know what I mean? Like, true. But there was an easier still, way to do that. You still yeah. open the lines of communication. Yeah. And so I guess go. I guess I am the kind of person who hopefully you feel like you can open the lines of communication oh, with, yeah, as yeah. opposed to this person in your past. Maybe you couldn't. Well, so, so, it's not episode of Days of Our Lives. No, over here. no, but I'm just. <laughs> you got to remember too that was like ten, eleven yes, years uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, it right? was a like, long time ago. I, I've you worked were a on things. No, I'm not perfect. You no. know, I, I've, I'm still guilty for the whole like. Oh, they said they were going to bed and they're still active on Facebook. Or are they angry at me or are they hiding something? I still have that. Or, you know, when people are ignoring you, I can I pick up on things. I think social media is disastrous for that. You know, it certainly does not help with. And when, and when not. it bites, yeah, and when it bites you into earth so many times, I mean, like I got more X's and I got O's, and, <laughs> and and just when you have that sort of like confirmation over and over and over that something happened and you got burned, you're ready for it to happen again all the time. So like he said, you're probably looking for little reasons to bring up a conversation, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But that, that's something like it's definitely my best quality because like I said, it just helps me learn, mm-hmm. pick up things quick and hopefully get good at them, you know, in a relatively good amount of time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's the reason why I sleep with podcasts on and listen mm-hmm. to loud, obnoxious music is just quiet your head because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard sometimes oh yeah, yeah. and I, I definitely, definitely have is. that too yeah that's why i've always got a tv show on in the background because i know like the second there's quiet i'm gonna start overthinking oh did i do this wrong or something mm-hmm. like that i'm definitely an overthinker as well yeah i just think i probably have an easier time with it because i'll ask someone are you mad at me was this did i do something wrong and, something and like maybe that. there's a bit of the like i like the the hunt. The hunt. There might be a bit of that too. Like Captain you know, Ahab. I, 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 would, I would not put that out of the realm of possibility that it's like, oh, that little bit of uncertainty is I don't know if it's sexy, but it's something that it's <laughs> it's something that it's like you can it's like a game for a little bit. And you know, with certain relationships, you should not be playing a game with no. it. You know, it should not be chess. You know. No. But I mean, some of my relationships in the past were like chess. <laughs> and some were like checkers, but you know. 
<laughs> Anyways. But with that. But yeah, so I, I think that that, yeah. uh, that finishes up our, our topic. I know it's not a, a typical topic that we go over, but I just figured, you know, little introspection, getting mm. to know one sure. another a little bit sure. better, getting to know ourselves a little bit oh. better. I think it's good to check in with yourself every once in a while. We have a black Sharpie here if anyone wants to like paint their nails black. <laughs> Great. If you're feeling emo. I stop at raising the hood. <laughs> You'll okay. know I'm upset when the, when the hood comes up. But anyways, yeah. what do we got for our last topic? Yeah, and I feel bad because like it was a little bit of a downer topic on Grace's part. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, you know, it's just going to be more of a downer here. We've over the last like couple of weeks, we've dealt with some really serious topics. You know, we we dealt with. Uh, the Michael Jackson, like child abuse allegations, the molestation charges. We dealt with denuclearization. We argued <laughs> about Trump. You know, we, we've been to some pretty heavy spots. The death penalty. So I figured let's keep it on trend. You're fucking full of shit. <laughs> Josh, what is the most badass dinosaur? Velociraptor. Bastard. It's wrong. Velociraptor. 100%. Why? Okay. So what are we using to equate? badassery what are we using because for me when you say badass i'm thinking like what is a fucking dinosaur that's going to get you no matter what you do and it's the raptor why because anyone and i'm talking about real raptors not the bullshit turkey ones <laughs> the ones that were in jurassic park one which i think are called dinonychus but whatever yeah, yeah. those fuckers could open doors and follow you into kitchens right and for anyone who grew up Anyone who grew up in the Jurassic period, I mean, that was... (laughs) Yeah, so for anyone who watched those movies, that whole scene where Lex and Tim are shuffling down through the counters, right? And you got the raptor coming and you're just looking underneath the counter and you see the toes clicking and going, yeah, there you go, right? I mean, that is... You'd be shit-baked if you were there just watching. I was shit-baked when I was a youngster, right? I mean, there's a, a friend that I got and she grew up with me and she was watching this show too, Jenny Mayo, and she used to be terrified, terrified watching Jurassic Park. And it's because they're fucking going to get you. Mm-hmm. You can get indoors from what I know is his favorite dinosaur, but I'm not going to steal it on him. <laughs> you can get away from that one because he's ogious. But with these little raptors, <laughs> my son, do you get in the same room with them as Goodnight Irene? So what do you got, Ham? Well, I had raptors. Exactly, but, exactly. But... <laughs> Me back up on that. They're not quite as cunning as raptors. That's twice we've been on the same wavelength <laughs> yeah. tonight. You know that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but pterodactyls. Oh yes, pterodactyls are sick. Those are up there for me too. Because it's a good choice. they're like one of the only dinosaurs that could fly. They sound sick. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like they belong at your punk show in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> They, they definitely do. Here that is a sign off for his podcast every week. <laughs> exactly. This is inner pteranodon. Yeah. And, and, and in Jurassic Park 3, like horrible movie, horrible movie, but that like little like birdhouse scene. Yeah. Where like you see it coming out, it looks fucking terrifying. Yeah, when it's coming out of the fog, I think going towards Billy, I think his name is. Yeah, it's. Or yeah. Is it, it's, it's Eric. It's the yeah. kid because the kid is crossing the, the bridge, right? In the fog. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and he feels the shudder, right? Because mm-hmm. something lands right heavy on the on the bridge, mm. yeah. and then out she comes out, out she of the comes. fog. It's pretty pretty menacing looking, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, no pterodactyls. You know, you could they could fly around. You know, shit on all the other dinosaurs and just be like, literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's uh, a skill that most dinosaurs don't have. 
Plus, plus they, they got. Plus they have cool ass heads. They do. They have those like pointy heads with like the big beaks. They're basically just. They're basically just Jurassic fucking seagulls. If we're gonna be honest, pretty but, much, yeah. But you know, imagine trolling a plate of fries in front of them, like down at oh McDonald's with the gulls down there. Oh my god, Jesus! My Wind god. Up with no arms, yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, but just to confirm, though, your first choice was Raptors. Yeah, first yeah. choice for sure is Raptors, but second choice is big trash bird, <laughs> pterodactyls. All right, what do you got? I, do I even need to ask no, this? I mean, come on. Like, anybody who watches the podcast or listens, I mean, probably, or knows me any amount at all. Yeah. Come on. Like, it's got to be the T-Rex. It is definitely the most badass dinosaur. I don't know if I want to get too much into it, but I mean, look at him. Built for <laughs> like a brick shit house. <laughs> He's built perfectly. He skips arm day, but that is by design. <laughs> because if his arms were big and muscular, he'd just fall over in the front. He has these huge legs on him, full He's, of, full of muscle. Thick. He's, He's thick. thick. He's so thick. <laughs> full of muscle. Uh, his jaw, his bite force is four times that of a great white shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, his neck muscles are so strong that whatever prey he has, he could toss it 15 feet up in the air and catch it. Um, it's just, of course, when it comes to Jurassic Park, it is just movie magic. Like, the, the T-Rex in that movie is phenomenal. And when he comes back in at the end as a, as a hero, and he's just the hero of the franchise, like, he's in every movie. She. She. Yes, she, yeah. she is Rexy. in every movie. Sexy yeah. Rexy. Yeah. And it's just, as a badass dinosaur, it's just, I didn't even do any Googling or any searching. I was just like, it's the T-Rex. Well, you knew enough about it. You didn't need to Google it. Yeah, it's just, I, I and know. And I it. would be on board with him if the question had been, what's your favorite dinosaur? Because mm. it's definitely my favorite dinosaur. I just think the T-Rex is still more badass because, like I said, it's, it's that hero. And the thing is, is like what my favorite like thing in movies that makes people badass is that turn. You see the, the turn where like, oh, they were a little bit of a anti-hero or they're a little bit of a, a badass and they make the turn to good yeah. at the end. Yeah. But what about what about Jurassic World? Jurassic <laughs> World? He's a hero in that. He's great. She? She's a, <laughs> she's a hero didn't in that. I think I'd be the one doing <laughs> no, that. No, I didn't yeah. think so. But she's a hero in that, and she's great. And in uh, Jurassic Park 1, she is terrifying in the beginning, and at the end, she comes in as a hero, and it's just such a great moment. I mean, why do we like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator movies? No one talks about Terminator 1 very much. They talk about T2, and he's mm-hmm. giving the thumbs up, you know, and he's great friends with John, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah. John Connor. John Connor, yeah. It's just... When you become a hero, it makes it a little bit more of a badass character, I think. And the T-Rex, he's in all of them. I mean, the Velociraptor, I think, is as well. But T-Rex, great. Most badass dinosaur by far. So we got two raptors to one T-Rex. What do you got? You're going to be so mad at me. So I didn't grow up watching Jurassic Park. I was too scared. I saw the scene where the arm gets ripped off and I had nightmares for years. So Hold I, on to your butts. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't grow up watching them. Not nearly as well versed in the dinosaurs lore. as uh, you folks are. So I had to do some Googling. And oh, so no. I, I literally Googled cool dinosaur facts. And the one that came up at the top of the list was the Spinosaurus. Fuck off. And okay, to be fair. Detroit Cyclopots. I I didn't know that this is the dinosaur that gets mad and hurts your first love, Colton. Kills it. In Jurassic Park 3, kills a T-Rex. Okay, well, I'm sorry that this, I just was looking at cool dinosaur facts. This one is bigger than a T-Rex. It's 
stronger than a T-Rex. It could also swim. It was one of the I few know. dinosaurs that could that's, also that's swim. Sick. I that's thought that was pretty I mean, impressive. I can't swim. He's so. not yeah. on the front crawl. <laughs> Definitely breaststroke would not so, be yeah. her Ham with his defeatist attitude over here. I can't swim. <laughs> so you and the T-Rex have that in common. Yeah. Neither can swim. Um, well, really, you can't swim. Listen, skip if you read, if you read the first Jurassic Park book, he actually does swim. The T-Rex swims out towards the raft or yeah. something. So. Oh, I, I really? think that, Yeah, I think that was revealed afterwards. Michael Crichton made an issue <laughs> thinking he can swim. But yes, you are right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, so that was, I was thinking and I was wondering, why wasn't this the, the star of Jurassic Park? Why, why have I never heard of this? Um, and then I later found out that this is the antagonist in Jurassic Park 3, yeah, you, which... You, you made the same issue that, like, the Hollywood bigwigs did, which in Jurassic Park 1, what's great about it? One T-Rex. Jurassic Park 2, what's great about it? Two T-Rexes plus a baby T-Rex. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, we're not putting in four T-Rexes. <laughs> so they had to find something bigger and apparently better. But I think the fan base and everyone at large hates that thing. Like, oh, it is probably, terrible. Probably. This dinosaurs is garbage. But, but I fall outside of this, so I was just looking cool dinosaur facts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's in my Google search history. Cool dinosaur Your facts. Your new worst trait is poor decision making. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I had already sunk in like a solid five minutes worth of research. Oh, and I was like, am I really going to start looking up other dinosaurs? And now I did look a little bit into a few yeah. other dinosaurs. The one with the like... I think it was something nine inches of bone on its head so it can headbutt things. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, the whole yeah. bunch of ones I said there's way too many syllables there that I'm yeah. definitely going to get wrong. Uh, what's the one with the giant, like, bludgeon on the end of its tail? Oh, the ankylosaurus. There yeah. we go. So, I mean, there were, there were a lot of very badass dinosaurs. Mm. I'm not going to deny that. And I knew I couldn't pick the T-Rex because I knew that's what you were going to say. Right, so I needed out, to I find something else. And I had sunk a full five minutes of research into this spinosaurus and uh here we are so i'm sorry but awful but raptors. if you had to pick between the raptors or the t-rex which is the more okay, badass okay. dinosaur one because we got to break the tiebreaker and here. we're not going to take into account the fact that they chased star lord on a kawasaki dirt bike <laughs> in yes, jurassic we are. world we are we're not taking that we into are account taking that and into they account. fist bump and it's yeah, amazing and how subservient no, they are no we are taking that we into ignore account. that no <laughs> we're taking that into account keep in mind those had fetters <laughs> so did the so I, did think all the rap, had, no, I think they no, all had no, no, they didn't. <laughs> only one of them in the jurassic park movies winds up with feathers and that's the the velociraptors in jurassic park the male 3. ones yeah the male well ones. they still have feathers the the male t-rex in jurassic park 2 didn't have feathers so and we never Maybe got a chance to see the third one yeah <laughs> <laughs> could add hair loss yeah that's a good point ham i don't know male pad, pad <laughs> some rogue, have some rogaine raptors on the go <laughs> yeah all right, Grace. Come I on. think I have to go with the T Rex. Good, good. I think I've so got to. So we're at a stalemate. We're at a tie. We'll then. keep her around for next week. There I guess. we go. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I got to go with the T Rex. I'm Just... surprised none of us chose like a herbivore or anything. Like in terms of. No, not even ham. The vegetarian didn't choose triceratops. No, there or... needs to be blood. Wait, <laughs> really badass. You know what I mean? I kind of think the triceratops is kind of badass, like, but raptors are like. Like little like dinosaur ninjas. Exactly. This badass is fucked. That's, exactly. I mean, a dinosaur ninja is pretty, pretty accurate description. <laughs> pretty accurate, yeah. What about like the Brontosaurus or Brachiosaurus? I'm not we gotta talk about dinosaurs for another minute or two yet. Like Well the thing is is like, yeah, sure, the Brachiosaurus is that magical moment in Jurassic Park one, but if you watch Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom yeah. or Jurassic don't World watch, Fallen Kingdom, don't watch I mean it. he he stumbles out. 
He looks like a thousand years old, rolls his ankle on a piece of broken amber, and it's like, it looks like he's something loaded coming home at three o'clock. <laughs> Just totally ruins it, right? Yeah. So, no, Brachiosaurus on the fucking table. They're, they're, but, but if that's the case, it should ruin the Velociraptors, too, because they're subservient and just, you know. The thing is, is there's still an argument to be made that some people would look at that and say, that's still cool, that he can mm. put like a laser beam or a laser sight on the side of a raptor. And I think you can make the argument that it is still cool, but it's not cool enough because that's why the Indoraptor well, in your is in opinion, the movie, right? In your opinion. You're like, oh, people aren't going to like the raptors enough. We got to bring in the Indoraptor, right? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Indoraptor no. either. That was like a welfare Indorex. So, yeah. 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 No, fuck that. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. no, I, I don't think that herbivores are, are as they're badass as they're majestic, as... I think. Probably, yeah. 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 But uh not badass. <laughs> All right, well, you know, we're in agreement. The T Rex is the most badass dinosaur <laughs> on that side of the table. <laughs> and uh with that, I think we got a bit of a shorter show for you guys this week, but uh we're your last podcast. And uh if you like what we're doing here, make sure to subscribe to the podcast feed if you're watching on YouTube. You know, give us a like, uh, comment, subscribe, share us with your friends. And uh, if you're feeling generous or have a couple of bucks to toss our way, you can always head on over to patreon.com slash your last podcast and become a patron and support the show. Uh, so with all that, I'm Colton. I'm Danny Williams. <laughs> I'm Grace. <laughs> oh, my God. Blowing out the mics. That's ham. And uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week uh, and every week thereafter until our last. So thank you for watching. See you later. Thank you. Bye.